0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the third episode of our podcast. Today's movie is uh, David Fincher's Fight Club, um, accompanied by uh, the two teachers, Mr. Kanger and Mr. Dickman. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. And our guest today is student and a good friend of mine, Hayden Rankin.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. It's oh, a privilege. privilege.
2: <laughs> it's a privilege to be for you to be here.
3: Um <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to talk about this movie and uh, get into all the nitty-gritty, so cue the intro. All right, so... Obviously, Fight Club, it's a pretty famous movie. I'm sure a lot of our viewers have uh, heard of it. It's uh, one of David Fincher's, if not his best movie, uh, up there with Seven, I'd say. And um, it follows a character, nameless uh, narrator who has schizophrenia and uh, soap and uh, blowing stuff up and everything else, so... If you haven't seen Fight Club, it's pretty hard to summarize it in a in a simple synopsis, so if you haven't yeah. seen Fight Club, <coughs> uh, you might want to watch it. It has Edward Norton as the narrator, Brad Pitt as Tyler Durden, uh, Helena Bowman bon- Bonman, Bonham Bonham Carter as Marla, uh, Jared Leto as Angel Face, and Meat Loaf as Robert Bob Paulson. So those are the, the uh, five big names there, and um, Yeah, let's just get into a discussion of Fight Club.
3: So I'm going to put in a a quick little uh, disclaimer, I guess you could say, first. Um, So just because, you know, we're talking about this movie uh, doesn't necessarily mean that we think that this movie is for everyone. Um, Movies have a rating for a reason, and uh, this movie uh, more than earns its R rating. So... This movie, I think, should only be viewed by someone with uh, <laughs> with a sound mind and a, a firm, ethical, moral foundation. I'll just say yeah. that. Uh, I think on one level, this movie is, on one level, it is trashy and depraved and morally ambiguous. Uh, there's sex, violence, nudity, and depravity of all other sorts. But on another level, uh, it's much, much more than that. So the much more than that is, I think, what we're going to mainly get into. You know, which, as always, we'll try to keep the... Uh, conversation (laughs) appropriate but you know there are some things in the movie that you know we'll try to be as gentlemanly as possible when discussing it but uh i guess let's just jump into it
2: couldn't have said it better myself so michael you you said at the beginning that fight club has (coughs) soap and explosions but (laughs) the one might say is they're fighting
0: the prime video actually describes this movie as mischief mayhem soap that is that (laughs) is the complete synopsis that Prime I, Video gives, which for I movie. think is actually the I
3: think that's actually the tagline for the movie that's yeah. on the poster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty sure.
0: It's definitely a ambiguous film. Definitely yeah. a result of the 90s, in my opinion, the best filmmaking decade of all time. Ooh. Pretty controversial. It sounds like it sounds like we have a, we're having <laughs> another episode. <laughs> we got a hot take. We, <laughs> we got <a> hot take. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love so the 90s. With all of that being said, let's hop into discussion. Um, so we'll start with our guest, Hayden Rankin. What is your favorite scene, Hayden?
1: So, I, I have two really favorite scenes. First one is when Tyler gives a mission to start a fight with people and lose it. Oh, yeah, that's I think, great. I think the whole encounter when he, the dude uh, pours water on the the, the, the priest or yeah. m-
0: missionary missionary Your, guy with yeah. the
1: hose. And then the missionary guy goes back and hits him and then apologizes and runs away. <laughs> yeah. And my other one is just a scene when uh, the narrator finds out that him and Tyler are the same person. Just so look on his face and like the whole mood of the scene just makes it so good to me
3: oh yeah we forgot to mention spoiler alerts will be uh, revealed (laughs) in this that is assumed (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) so uh mr dickman
3: sure um i think one of my favorite scenes is when the narrator edward norton is actually beating himself up in his in his office his boss's boss's office office. Yeah. yeah Um, I know that sounds very uh, brutal, and it is, but, man, that is some good physical acting. Oh, yeah. Um, I <clears throat> excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised if Edward Norton actually landed a couple punches on himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, on l- purpose me or me, on accident. Yeah, let me hop in here. Yeah. So,
0: the actual um, original hit, like, when they're outside the bar and Tyler says, hit me. Uh, like, that was actually, like, completely improv. Like, uh, Brad Pitt had no idea where he was going to get hit. And then, obviously, hits him in the ear. He's like, yeah. oh, why the yeah.
4: ear? I heard that's that. Real. That's yeah. awesome. That's completely I actually heard that. Um,
3: and, and, I mean, it's great because he, like, picks himself up by his own mm-hmm. collar. Yeah. And then, right after that, basically, he uses that situation to fund Bike Club, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Because it, yeah. it's kind of like a screw you to his boss who he's, you know, trying to. And the, corp- the, whole, the corporate whole corporate world, ear. yeah, that he's trying to break away from. And he's using that, basically it's like hush money, right? Because yeah. he's, he's giving, getting paid money to not uh, reveal the, the shadiness of the company uh, where he works. And so he uses that money to fund Fight Club. Um, I also like, I like the introduction to Marla, to Marla, uh, Helena Bonham character, or Helena Bonham Carter's character. I just think that's a really cool, iconic scene. I feel like you see it on a lot of... Um, I don't know if, if, you know, if you ever see, like, a co- uh,
4: montage yeah. of just, like, yeah. famous clips, oh like, yeah. when she's smoking the cigarette, it's yeah. kind of
3: slow motion, she's got her yep. shades on, it's just like a, it's just a, it's a cool image, I don't, I think smoking's disgusting, but, like, it just, <laughs> it, but it works for the movie, it's just a, it's just a, it's a cool, iconic yeah. image from the movie, you know what Fight I mean? Fight
0: Club is one of the, mo- like, movies that somehow makes cigarettes look cool. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like it
3: used to yeah. in, like, the old 50s movies, yeah. you know what I mean?
2: Right. Um, uh, Mr. Kanji, you wanna? Yeah, so, um. Before I give my opinion, you know, big disclaimer I have to say is actually, and I, this is a big slap on the wrist for myself being a movie fan, last night was actually the first time I saw this movie, um, which, like it said, shun me, slap me in the wrist, throw me in the street, whatever you must do because it's Terrible. One those, It's one of those movies where, you know, I actually knew what happened. Like, I, I spoiled it for myself way, way, way many years ago. So I knew what happened. So I was like, eh, I know what happens. I don't need to see the movie. So and then I actually sat down. I was like, oh, my God. Gosh, this movie is completely different than what I yeah, thought it yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we've been saying, it's, it's one of those movies where you see it and you're just like you start. I, I'm gonna say it a lot today is questioning. You start questioning yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to my favorite scene. Um, one of those things has to be uh, when they were getting the liposuction fat and it gets stuck on the barbed wire. <laughs> yeah. because for how, for how like <laughs> yeah. weird and disturbing this movie is, like that's one of those scenes where he's like, get a little, you get the little chuckle. It's like, yeah. oh, that's oh man, funny. Yeah. Like, and even like, Tyler hey, trying to catch it in his yeah, hands yeah, with the
4: yeah. biohazard symbol, and you can on the just hear the sound, and, he oh, like, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah. and he's trying to catch
3: it. And uh, Spencer's right. I mean, this movie it's undeniably funny. Like there's a there's a lot of dark humor. Most of the humor is dark humor, but it is. it's a lot funnier than i thought and I, i'm gonna piggyback off what spencer said because it, the audience might be surprised to hear this that it was it's michael and hayden who that actually chose to talk about this or that chose this movie for this episode of the podcast spencer and i had never seen it until this week i watched it uh some on Unreal. monday some on tuesday i was so aware of it when it was you know out back in the 90s i was a you know grew up in the 90s obviously and 1999, my senior year, that's when it was released. And then when I went to college in the fall of 2000, almost every dorm room had a Fight Club movie poster hanging up, either that or Pulp Fiction. I mean, it was it was out there, but I had never seen it until this week. And um, I was surprised, actually, how yeah. hard I was laughing at, at certain points. Yeah, and m- maybe this is a
0: willing suspension of disbelief, but... I kind of, this is my third time watching it and talking about that scene that Mr. Kanger was talking about. How it would have looked if it's, since it's obviously just the narrator that exists, them talking, tossing the liposuction bags to each
2: other. Like, how would that have worked if it was just him? uh Oh yeah, because that's what that was also oh. safe. Was one of my favorite scenes was um, the narrator seeing all the flashbacks of him getting drunk. Yeah, yeah, by. That's, yeah. that's he's tossing to himself it. in the garage. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, having you know, the fight. With obviously, yeah, obviously that's great um, cinematography, but it's like imagine if that was real. Like <laughs> how so? Because they had the they had the rug, which I never thought of before. That's actually I don't know. I mean, I don't know why criminals don't do that. Yeah, they yeah, do yeah. the rug over the barbed wire, and I saw that, I was like, wow. Yeah. and then they toss the bag over. I'm like, did he? Did he toss the bag and got stuck, then climbed over and tried catching it? Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. th- that's the first thing I thought of when, like I said, when he realizes, I was like, "How did he do that?" Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, how he said punched himself, and yeah. it's like, how, how do you do that? Yeah,
0: and it's, it's an interesting aspect of the movie. Is like, I feel like the only like, like times when you can tell it's evident that it's just him and Tyler Durden doesn't exist is in his conversations with Marla. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only time it's really clear where it's like. Yeah, now that you know the plot twist, you can see that, like, yeah, Tyler Durden doesn't exist. But, like, in all the times, it's funny to imagine, like, how funny he would have looked, like, yelling at himself or, like, talking to himself and all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which is interesting because, like I said, seeing this for the first time yesterday, I didn't, you know, I knew, I knew going in Tyler Durden was not real. I knew that going in because that's I spoiled it for myself. So I questioned literally since she entered the room. I thought Marla was fake too. I had mm. no idea. And at the end, next thing you know, it's like, "Hey, did we have sex?" And she's like, "What do you mean? Like, what is that?" And <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, And then that, that's for me. That's when it clicked. And I was like, "Oh, oh, there it is." Yeah.
3: My first reaction. So after while, after finishing the movie, kind of like what Spencer was saying, I I had to sit with this one for a bit. Because this is not, this movie does not have a uh, perfectly packaged moral to it. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yes. uh, it's, 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 it's uh, ambiguous yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, it's ambiguous. And I think it's up to the viewer to come up with his or her own interpretation and, and find the meaning in it. But um, I, so at first, after I finished it, I was thinking, oh man, like, what am I going to talk about? Like, I, I, at first I thought this movie is completely cynical and has no merit Then the more I reflected on it, and I usually do a lot of reflection when I'm running. So I was like, did a few runs this week, and I'm thinking about it, and all these thoughts are just popping into my my brain, and I'm thinking, wow, this movie actually has a lot more to it. Like I I think a lot of people quickly dismiss it, and I I understand why people would dismiss it. But now I I think I I see it on a totally different level now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to hop
0: into my favorite scenes. Uh, I have two. I have Tyler's speech. Uh, when the fight club starts to grow and I have um, the iconic I felt like destroying something beautiful so I want to talk about each of these so as far as like movie like speeches go uh, this honestly is probably towards the top of my list if not my favorite like movie speech of all time it goes something along the lines of we have no great war we have no mm. great depression our our great war is a spiritual war our great depression is our lives and obviously if you look at this from a uh, just a superficial level, it's gonna look like a pretty atheistic mindset. But honestly, I I honestly see deeper into that, and I mm-hmm. I see this definitely more of a monotheistic kind of representation of how how um deprived our society is today. And I I really like this line, and and part of what you were saying before, it's it goes into the ambi- ambiguity ambiguity of the movie itself.
3: Absolutely. I I had that written down as one of my favorite Tyler quotes. Um, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't like the character of Tyler all that much. (laughs) I don't, but, um, but he has a few lines in here that are, are good and are meaningful. Fantastic. Um, And I wrote, and I copied that one down too, because when you think about it, that's exactly what the whole entire movie is about. It's the great war that the narrator slash Tyler is fighting within himself. Yeah.
0: And I, I see that. Great war as a spiritual uh, one, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, definitely plays into the theme of anti-consumerism, which is definitely a result of secularity and just more uh, Christian themes. And then also, the um, I felt like destroying something beautiful went while on the surface level beating uh, someone's face to a pulp doesn't seem like you can take anything good out of that. I actually see this scene as. Um, it represents the narrator's uh, desire to destroy everything that's falsely admired by society. As they were talking before, like they see, I'm sure you remember the uh, underwear models and they're kind of poking fun at John the underwear climb. models yeah.
3: and all that stuff. Yep. So, it, yeah, uh, we can, I don't know if you want to revisit that, but you're right. Um, and we'll, we'll probably get into more of the, the criticisms about, you know, consumer culture that the movie, Puts forth, um, but it, it's it's funny because, or it's interesting and I guess ironic or even paradoxical because it, you know, Brad Pitt passes that Calvin Klein sign and he makes a comment about it. But what's funny is Brad Pitt is pretty much yeah. just <laughs> as handsome as the yeah. as the Calvin Klein model. Like he could be in that ad. Like so the, it's like yeah. the movie itself is a product. It's a 20th yeah. Century Fox movie. It's a product, but. It's also has a has a a message that is against um, kind of the the consumer culture as well, while also being kind of a a consumer product at the same time, which is cool, which is kind of interesting because the movie is paradoxical. paradoxical. I'm like, but you know what? Life can be paradoxical oftentimes too. So, Um, anyway. All right, so let's go into the
0: next portion. I want to focus on mainly um, all of you guys since you've seen the movie more recently for the first time. Uh, what did you guys think about the ending of the movie? Just interpretations. What do you mean by ending? Like
2: the last scene so or like, just in general? I
0: mean, we can go from like the your Tyler Durden all the way to the collapse. of. So the after X. the climax. Yeah.
2: And the climax is actually also one of my favorite parts of the movie because that's when everything hits, it snaps, everything comes to reality. Everything after that... Uh, a lot of what I thought of this movie made no sense where I'm like, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't makes any sense. Why is this a story? And then at the end, like I said, it you knew everything comes together, you know, everyone's calling him, sir. Everyone's saying, yeah, you know, you're the boss. And then that's the perfect way to describe this. <laughs> this, this shouldn't be a story. That's I right. Feel like that's the perfect like, way. Right. Cause again, you know, uh, my wife asked, and I said, as I watch it, she goes, what's it about? I'm like, oh, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. She's like, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> that's what I was saying
0: right. in the intro. It's like, there's <laughs> no, like, good way to describe <laughs> that's, that's what that's this movie exactly, is. That is
3: completely accurate. Yeah, You're absolutely right. right. <laughs> um,
2: so the ending, I, I it was, you know, seeing that, okay, Tyler, and then Tyler, show, so him trying to fix his mistakes, and then him seeing Tyler, and then he, you know, he shoots himself. That is part, Af- after that, again, again, made no sense. I'm like, dude, you just shot yourself in the head and you survived? Like, how does this yeah. like, like obviously, they didn't want to show him shooting himself, but it's like, it looks like he, like, missed on purpose. I, th- I think and it went, like, through his cheek or something. Yeah, I think cheek. that's yeah. What, yeah. So then, yeah. a question I immediately had after was, you know, you always hear about, you know, the consciousness in your head, um, and, uh, and you know, episode one, going back to episode one, The Shining, um, in the book, in The Shine, they said that Tony is in Danny's mouth, yeah. so I'm mm-hmm. like, is that kind of like the conscious is like a a bad tooth, a toothache? Yeah. Is that so he shoots his mouth to get that out? And so that's like why. That. So I was like, I like trying that, to. I was yeah. trying. I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm just. I am i do not know if th- this makes sense, but I'm trying to like. I'm still. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my well, head around. Yeah, ending is definitely super yeah, vague, right? It, and then, um, of course, the buildings blow up, and then the one music. Of the be- one of the best cinematic shots. S- of all and then, Star. and then I was I was shocked because it, it just ended. I'm like. I was like waiting for like one more like, you know, they go off in the sunset, they move no. to Europe and the next uh, thing it yeah, goes yeah. bang,
4: it's over. I'm yeah. just like,
2: oh, okay, okay, what did I just watch?
3: So yeah. um Yeah. Uh <laughs> I I was as I'm writing down my thoughts, I was I was thinking, so I have never done any hardcore drugs. <laughs> but um I said I feel like this movie is what I think it would be like <laughs> to be on yeah. coach, like watching this movie, it's a wild ride. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. Like, yeah, um, I wrote down I wrote down some words to describe it. I wrote um, with all the fast editing and just the whole entire style. It's manic, frantic, hysterical, twisted, trippy, druggy. Um, yep. And it does a great job of being exactly that. And uh, but that also puts you inside the mind of the narrator more because of the frantic nature of the movie. You're understanding kind of the, that mental instability that the narrator has. Um, That last scene when he finally kills Tyler, you know, kills his alter ego in a sense. I see that almost as kind of... uh, The movie doesn't give a lot of hope, but I see (laughs) that as a little bit of hope. Because at that point, he has realized this side of him, him, personified by Tyler, is dangerous. And it's bringing him down. At first, he thinks... Tyler, like I wrote this down as well. Like Tyler Durden is what he, the narrator, thinks a man should be, and he yeah. realizes Ooh. that he's yeah, n- that yeah, he's like not. That. Yeah. yeah, that he's but not, and so he gets rid of
0: him. Also, if you think about it, like he's completely screwed. Like he already told the cops all of this information. Uh, like he revealed himself to the police. Like after that, like shot. Like after the movie, like I feel like he'd just be like completely done for. Like,
1: he he, he's in singing, prison for the rest of his life. I was thinking that too.
3: Yeah. And may, who knows? Maybe he can find uh, yeah. redemption and, yeah, like, and yeah, spiritual Shawshank transformation. Yeah.
1: Right, right. The thing about but that is, aren't like a lot of the cops already members of the Fight Club? Based oh, yeah. on like, yeah, the yeah, that's more than yeah. yeah. So I feel like he would have a way to escape. Oh, that's through true. That. And, you know that's a, that's also
2: sorry to cut you off, Adam. That's another. That was another insane. I actually got a chuckle where it's like. Sorry, man. We gotta cut your balls
3: off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. He said you, would say that. yeah you, too. you said you yeah. would say that too. He said you it would like
0: definitely say
4: that. Well, <laughs> now, yeah, that. yeah. That's right.
3: <laughs> that was. I was laughing at that part too. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we can revisit that too because I mean, this movie is so. Un- oh, I mean, it's so much about masculinity and like what it means to be a man. Oh, yeah. It totally is, and I. The An fact antithesis. that the fact that there are three references to getting one's gonads removed <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. the movie. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's on accident. That's like, I, that's, like I mean, that capital is punishment. Sim- right. Yeah. yeah. I think about it, like, what's the worst I can have to a man? Well, he gets that, but it's the idea that a lot of guys think, Oh, to be, you know, I'm a real man because yeah. I have this body part, but no, that's not what makes you a real yeah, man. I like that you know what lot. I mean? Yeah. Like the huge theme
1: so, of masculinity in the movie. Yeah. Like they think removing the body part, will right. Be the taking away of their masculinity, but yeah, it's the like the whole point is yeah. working towards it. Yeah. Think think I, of, I like that. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yep. so, Hayden, do you have any thoughts on the ending of the movie? Yeah, so what I saw is when he kills Tyler, like by shooting himself, I feel like he regains those qualities of Tyler, but now he has him under control. Yeah. So Good like, point. I like that. I like that. Because he, he kind of, like, stays with Marla there at the end. Yeah. But he's got it under control now.
0: Yeah, yep. and I feel like Tyler is, a like, an that. emergence of masculine... Out of check, masculine, yes. like yeah, character like rampant, yeah, yeah like ov- excessive, excessive. Like, yeah, yeah, excessive, yeah, like, yeah.
1: Yep, I like but that a that co- lot. That's but really good. The excessiveness of Tyler combines with Edward or the narrator, and yeah. it comes to a neutral thing. But that's yeah. deep down, the actual Edward or narrator inside so has control over the. That's a ambitions. great point, Hayden.
3: Because because as we said, we you know we were quoting Tyler already. He he's not totally without merit. Like he he has some okay philosophies that yeah, you know about so like living life to the fullest mm-hmm. and that guy's a uh, he just takes it to the exit he takes it to the extreme yeah you know like i love the idea i love that line where he says the things you own end up owning oh, you yeah, it's yeah. a yeah. warning you're not yet. your khakis yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah like he's i kind of like a lot of his lines but then he just takes it too far
0: yeah, so i was but, i was actually sitting at the uh dinner table with my parents and i said the uh the great great uh war great depression line my parents were like Whoa, that's deep, and I'm it like, is. yeah, that that that's actually from the movie that you guys were just uh, hating on. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so <laughs> it's like there's some like random spurts of uh, it's absolutely it's just, like, decency. It just it yep. requires it requires thought,
3: that's for sure. This movie.
0: Okay, so along the same lines, I want to talk about the uh, plot twist. Obviously, the one of the most iconic plot twists of all times, and I think we already kind of touched on this. But like, how do you guys interpret? The
2: plot twist. Um, like knowing the plot twist before I saw the movie, yeah, I was always sitting on the edge of my seat thinking, when will it happen? Yeah. And then it's, it's as a movie watcher, it's always satisfying to figure it out by yourself before the movie tells you. Um, so when they, when he does, when the narrator does figure out that, it, you know, all oh, this is him the entire time, it's one of those things where at least me, I was like, I thought of this already scenes earlier where, you know, me and Hayden were talking about it earlier today, where um, throughout the movie, Tyler would just kind of flash in for a yeah. frame, yeah. for a Towards frame. Towards the beginning. Right.
0: Yeah. Kind of like he did in the like movie theaters. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Like he just pops in. And then at that point you already start questioning. And that's when I started questioning is, is it Marla who's fake? And so, mm. um, so yeah, so the, I found the twist to be satisfying. Uh, mainly because, like I said, as a moviegoer, that's, it's 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 the best to be like, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I think uh, I knew. I also knew the plot twist. I mean, I, even though I hadn't seen it in 1999, I think I knew the plot twist because everyone was talking about it. But I'm glad that the plot twist in that big reveal at the end is not the final scene. Like, the movie continues, yeah. and I think it needs to continue because yeah, yeah, for sure. I wasn't watching it just for the plot twist. And I'm sure some people do, you know, uh, maybe they do watch it just for that one and that, moment and you that's know, one but of the arguments
0: people are like oh, Fight Club's only on your top five list because if people see a plot twist and they, but I feel like it's yeah. it's mu- it's a great movie because yeah. much more than the plot Absolutely. twist it's not yeah. defined by the plot Absolutely, twist. yeah. like say a
3: movie like Sixth Sense I would say is that's defined by the plot perfectly twist perfectly said perfectly said I was just going to bring that up that's perfectly said and I think the movie needs to continue after you find like Tyler Durden is and, and the narrator they're a split personality they're the same they're the same person um two sides of the same coin, it, I don't know. It, it's, um, I'm sure it is shocking. If you're seeing it for the first time, I'm sure it is like, Whoa, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. But then you're like, Oh, well that, that makes sense. But it, 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 it's necessary for the movie because as I've been saying, I think this movie is about the searching that the narrator is doing and he doesn't come up with a good solution by the end of the movie. Um, he yeah. thinks he has a solution, but it's not a good one.
0: Yeah, and you know I, I mean? feel like it's not a plot like it is almost like a you see it kind of coming. Like I feel yeah. like most people that I talked to about the movie like kind of knew that like Tyler wasn't real. Yeah, but like the whole thing with Tyler being himself is maybe a little bit more unpredictable. But yeah, the fact about like it's that the plot twist is you kind of see it coming, but it's like it's still. Um, it's still like surprising and it comes in a manner that you don't expect yeah. i feel like that's what makes the plot twist all all the more better
1: yeah yeah like watching through the first time you don't really notice certain things but the second time you see yeah, all sure. the stuff that yeah uh that the uh, that are put in that's, that's put in the movie yeah. to like help
2: fincher like, throws in the, yeah yeah to like and i'm excited to do that no, that's why that's yeah. why us, all of us are movie lovers is for that reason. That's why we all watch movies three, four, five, six times.
0: And and we were talking last episode about Saving Private Ryan, how it might not be so rewatchable. But watching Fight Club, I feel <laughs> like maybe it's one of the most rewatchable movies because it's so ambiguous and you can notice so many different things upon rewatching it.
1: Yeah, with like all the things that this hint to that in the movie you don't notice them the first time. But when you, you know, watch it again, you can see all of them and be like, "Oh, so you yeah. realize it's been like that the whole time." Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah, and it's um, it's it's n- <laughs> it's weird because it's not again paradox. You know, it's not. Oh yeah. It uh, always like an easy rewatch, but it's a rewatch that is rewarding because <laughs> it yeah. helps you think about this movie in a different yeah, way. Yeah, sitting you know down? I mean?
0: sitting down to wa- rewatch it, I was like. <laughs> I was like excited, but then I was right. like, uh, "There's some, there's some painful." Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I don't want to go into yeah. too much detail, but there's a painful about 20 minutes of the movie that I just yeah. like uh, don't want to, <laughs> don't want to watch
4: again. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: see, I, I you see, I, I, I actually disagree with you guys how you're saying this is rewatchable. Well, I mean, granted, I will watch it again as yeah. a movie, as a movie art lover, but it's one of those things where I actually sat there for a while after watching. I'm like. This was, this was very, this might've been too disturbing, you know, actually, you know, kind of, you know, me being the movie weirdo, I am, I watch a lot of the weird, weird movies around Halloween time, you know, spooky season. And that would definitely be when I would watch it. Now, would I watch it right before Christmas? (laughs) Eh,
4: I might be going into the emotional (laughs) trap a little bit, you know? Yeah.
2: But, um, yeah, so, like, I was thinking about that, you know, that's one of the things we talk about on this podcast. Would you watch it? You know, is it rewatchable? I'm just like, ah, oh, dude, I don't know. Granted, it's my first time seeing it. Yeah, so, right, if I see yeah. it again, I, I as, you, as Hayden it. said, you yeah. know, you see different things. Maybe I, I will see something different. I
3: mean, different. I felt, I mean, in a way, I felt kind of grimy as I was watching it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, yeah. I, felt as, sure. I felt as grimy as that house that
4: oh my uh, gosh. the narrator yeah, and yeah, Tyler that, move that into. That definitely I mean, symbolic.
3: Oh, absolutely. Like, that's his inner self or his soul or whatever you want to, you know what I mean? Just the battle that he's going through and you know, like, like you just, the production design is great on that. I mean, you just feel like the grime. I, I kind of felt that way as I'm watching and the it's like movie, but it, up, and that's the, the
0: point. I, I think. feel like water is always symbolic and the, yeah. the
3: water was like
0: brown. Murky. And yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Moving into uh, one of our, one of our, well, your guys' favorites. You guys knew him. I didn't. Our friend <laughs> Meatloaf. I uh, would do anything for Rob- love, but I r- won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Bob Paulson. Um, I want to talk about his his importance in the movie. Yes.
2: So, uh, what do you guys think about that, Mister Manager? Uh, so, oh man, Bob. So, <laughs> the, when I well, first off, when I see Meatloaf on the screen, I paused the movie. I pointed at the screen. I said, "Oh my God, that's Meatloaf." Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to look at pictures <laughs> to confirm. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, "That's Meatloaf." Yeah. Um, and you know. I I like I like I feel like his character is the most relatable, you know? Oh yeah. And for it's, sure. it's, it's for sure. It's because yeah. <laughs> throughout this entire mess of the movie, the schizophrenia, the mental part of the movie, it feels like Bob is the only reality check yeah and he's, yeah. he's the
0: only character that Great dies point. well right. besides i guess if you count
2: tyler but yeah and it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like you know i was questioning Marlers mall is real and you know it, she doesn't really see that reality park she's going to all those rehab meetings too so it's like okay is she real obviously something's wrong with her yeah. and you know bob bob went through a real issue had a you know was trying to find a real solution and obviously, Fight Club was the solution. Yeah. And then, and then when you die, just like you know, as the narrator, he breaks down. And I actually, I think that is, and I was gonna talk about this, That is the the real point where he's like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's that that reality check of. Oh, this is real. Yeah, yeah. you know, especially, like, yeah, especially yeah.
1: when they all start chanting. His name is yeah, Robert yeah. Paulson, which, which, yeah. which that is just proves it, like the mob it, mentality and cult. Yeah, and it
2: gives me chills because when when he was going all over the country and all their, the, and, you know, he was in that scene with the kitchen and all the chefs are just sitting there in a circle, just staring at each other, saying Robert Paulson. And you're just like, yeah. what is yeah. going <laughs> on? <Yeah. laughs> this yeah, is yeah. so strange. Yeah. This is this is like kind of scary, you know. And, uh,
0: uh, I want I want to go into. Uh, my my uh, opinion on meatloaf or Rob <laughs> Robert Paulson, I think I, we're, we kind of hinted at this earlier, but the whole masculinity. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he has. It's kind of he definitely is the most symbolic of the uh, like true masculinity. He doesn't have. He has. Uh, I guess breasts. Yeah. Uh, he has. He has testicular cancer. He has all these things that would seemingly take away. Your masculinity, but then again, he has all the traits which truly define masculinity, and yes. I, I think, yeah,
3: he's definitely. I yeah, I'm perfect. with I'm with you on that. And I I wrote down this saying when I was in class today, actually, and my students were working on something. I think the nar- and I, I kind of hinted at this before, but I said the narrator thinks he wants to be Tyler, but he, I think he really wants to be Bob. I love yeah, that kind of yeah. like yeah. That. and I think he struggles. He he struggles yeah. to be Bob. Bob is the only character I feel like that is. He's happy in his own skin, despite all his troubles oh, that he's yeah. having. And he is just himself. Yeah, and, and he can he's not afraid to be emotional. And he can achieve human connection with people. And the narrator is struggling to do that. But I think that's what he wants. And that's why I think that last scene, where he finally holds Marla's hand, I think he's thinking, I'm going to give this a chance. I'm going to try yeah. to really connect with Yeah, and then else.
0: it goes into the whole, like, depravity, uh twisted, paradoxical. Yeah. Uh the whole movie. It's like Robert Paulson's the whole like source of positive masculinity and then he ends up being a catalyst for something like so terrible. So I mean, take that however you want, but I think it just goes into more of the uh I guess twistedness of the movie. I like he's such a good character, but then when he dies it it pushes the and project mayhem so much further. Well,
3: and that's but that I think Spencer was saying too. When Bob does die, yeah, that's when the narrator realizes this is this is going too yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. And and he even said like he's mad because the I'll call them drones <laughs> the other people <laughs> in Project <laughs> yeah. Mayhem, uh, you know, Fight Club has like uh, You know, has declined or has degenerated, I guess, into Project Mayhem, and and um, I think the narrator is saying you know. Bob was a it was a, a good guy. Like he was a human life. Like, you know, and yeah. um and all the people in the project are just not even really recognizing that. And I think that's where the Edward Norton's character realizes, okay, this has gone way too far. Yeah. So Go going back
1: to what you said earlier, yeah. I said Bob kinda rep- like brought out the humaneness and good yes. that was deep inside oh, yeah. yes. the narrator. Sure. Yeah, every time Edward's around him. Like, he gets that good. Like, he's able to cry with him. Yeah. And even even when he fights yeah. uh, Meatloaf, they yeah. still, like, make up after him. You're
3: right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And also, I said that he kind of, like, represented the masculinity struggles yeah. that everyone's going through. Because he had a uh, testicular cancer. Yeah. But they all were, fight like, going to the fight club to kind of gain that back. But in reality, Bob already had a yeah. good point. He wasn't defined
0: by. Great point. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. And, yeah, I do think uh, Bob is a kind of overlooked detail of the movie. And mm-hmm. he's he's kind of the centrifuge of if you're going to, if you look at Bob, you can kind of start to notice all the positive aspects of the movie. Yeah. But if you overlook him, it's kind of going to look more
3: I agree. Dark. I think we're since we're kind of already talking about the masculinity stuff. Yeah. Um, Theme pertinent I today. It, yeah. yeah. I think it's, I, yeah. I want to bring up. Um, I think the, the scene when Brad Pitt's in the bathtub. I think and that, uh, the narrator Edward Norton is talking to and and they're talking about their dads and how their dads were not present. Well, yeah, and and, and they're the obviously w- talking about the same person, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And they're obviously talking about the same person. And didn't he? He even made a joke about how his dad moved around and was like having starting families in other cities yeah. or having kids yeah, in other cities. He said, yeah. and he, said, he had a funny line like the guy was setting up franchises or something yeah, like that in another yeah. city but um, when i heard that i'm like i'm not surprised like that's what i think i think a lot of i think a lot of the narrator's frustration and lack of him being able to get in touch with who he is as a person comes from perhaps that lack of you know a positive male role model or any role model maybe in his life and i think that ties into to a certain degree the scene when uh, tyler's pouring the the lie on his hand, the, that's isn't that oh, what it is? That's yeah. burning his hand, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and that's a scene where, and we're going to get into this when you talk about the. You had the question about you know God and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but he's, uh, Tyler said something like, uh, "Our fathers were the models for God, and they yeah. were poor models for God." So, I'm not surprised that the narrator feels so lost because yeah. he does not yeah, have I love that. Like yeah, and, and he has not searched for uh maybe a, a different understanding of, of God or, or or of meaning. Um does that kind of make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. I love yeah, that yeah, I love yeah. that definitely yeah. and
0: then uh, something random I just thought of uh going further in the whole to- toxic masculinity thing. Yeah. Uh like you said how his father was moving all around cities, setting up franchises, isn't that exactly what Fight Club does like yeah. couldn't you think yeah. of his father as a as a simile to Fight Club? Yeah, and then like each each both being examples of toxic masculinity being spread into that's excellent different cities. So that's an interesting thing you, that I've never do thought you, of.
3: Do you guys know how uh, throughout the movie, um, Edward Norton says to himself in the narration. He says, "I am Jack's
4: smoking yeah, revenge." So, yeah. so that Jack Jack,
3: Jack is, I think. How was belief is
0: Jack is his name? Like okay, so mm. I
3: had a different I had a different thought. I could be wrong. I'm thinking, what if Jack was his father and he says I am Jack's smirking yeah, revenge? I, like I am Jack's uh some like raging bile duct. Basically yeah. like he's saying he is his father. He has followed his father's bad
1: example. Or was was lack of example. Didn't he get that from like a magazine or something when it was talking about his uh Something in his head, like it I'm
2: said, not sure. I am
1: Jacks. Something, something.
2: I'm not sure. See, I was going to ask you guys because I saw that. Maybe I I was I'm getting, wrong. Maybe I was you're. Yeah, so look, I looked that up, I was and getting it so said confused. that
0: Jack is the narrator's name. Like, I don't know if okay. that comes from the book, and it's probably mentioned in the book. Yeah, like what his true it. name is. Yeah, but yeah, I I do I actually <laughs> really like that yeah. that idea that Jack would be his dad. That's that's really good. Um, yeah. Uh, further along the toxic masculinity, I do think it is a phrase that's overused and misused a lot today but honestly if you're looking for a great antithesis of what masculinity looks like I feel like the perfect place is to look is Fight Club for what not to do as a man
3: especially Tyler Durden yeah <laughs> <laughs> specifically Tyler
0: Durden uh, yeah and for like unchecked anger, unnecessary destruction, fighting with yeah. no purpose—all these right. things. Right, and it's
3: almost like he wants to fight just to feel something again because he's struggling yeah. to just feel yeah. and experience life. So it's he's he's resorting and really, yeah, he's resorting to just brutal violence, like primitive, like inhumane. Violence, just to shake himself up out of apathy, because he's just, yeah, you know, it's, yep. this is bored. Yeah, I like dissat- shaking himself out. Yeah, like yep. this I dissatisfaction. And I wanted to bring this up too. So I wrote that um, in the nineties, man. There was a, there must have been uh, a sense of uh, I've been I've been waiting to use this term ennui, I love that word. I think it's a French term meaning just like boredom <laughs> or dissatisfaction with yeah. life. I was so looking forward to using that term, but in the nineties, there were multiple movies about kind of waking up in Matrix. Matrix, I wrote it down, Matrix. <laughs> yeah. You look at Office Space. It does it in a comedic oh, yeah. way. Office Space is about, oh, you know, the day-to-day grind of going to the cubicle, going to the office. And what does he do? He breaks away. It's all about, like, breaking the con- breaking away from the confines yeah. and kind of the boredom of typical life and really living life a lot deeper. And I think uh, this
0: movie Mr. goes Graham,
3: into that. Mr. Graham, if you're
0: listening, uh, in, insouciant,
3: insouciant vocab
0: word
2: <laughs> um it, you know you say movie show a lot of that waking up and you also got to think about the music too you got green day oh, you got yeah. bands of that nature where it's like oh man life sucks man or it's like it's like a, it's dissatisfa- a, yeah, it's right, a it's dissatisfaction right yeah. action,
3: and this movie is is totally punk rock it's got that vibe that was kind of yeah.
1: like what the theme i said was like i mm-hmm. today it's like that str- internal struggle of wanting someone more Something um, yeah. more and trying to like escape from the daily norms. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like many people get lost and tired with like the same repeated repetitive nine to five, nine to five jobs. Yeah. the with same, Wake up at seven, eat same yeah. thing. So I feel like that kind of represents trying to break away from that and do your own thing. Yeah, absolutely. C- yeah. Consumerism. Yeah, yeah
0: and I, I think,
2: think is. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, you know, I like how you said that because that's what we're seeing, uh, Michael just said, consumerism. That's like a big oh, issue today. Is it's even people, bigger now. Right? People are still saying, man, that's nine to five sucks. I would love to work at home. I would love <laughs> to have, you know, three-day work. You week can work, work at home. World. Yeah, it's like, yeah, now now I, I want to travel three months and only work two months of the year. Now it's like, well, there are some occupations where you can. Yeah. And it's the whole idea of getting out of the norms and nine to five, but you know, I was talking with um, another colleague today. And it's like, well, we're missing those nine to five people. Those nine to five people, like they see in the movie, are the, are the you know, they, they take out the trash. They yeah. serve you food. They clean up the dishes, right? Just like how the narrator and Tyler said it. You know, we are, basically, we are the darkness that, yeah. that is behind the scenes. And it's like, we need those people. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't get a lot of credit, but they're, you are just as important as everyone else.
3: Yeah. And I think that's where the movie does a good job, I think, of, of kind of diagnosing or pointing out maybe a problem in our culture that everyone can kind of work on. Um, but, you know, the movie, once again, doesn't give a great or healthy solution, but I think it does raise some good questions about how much of consumer culture do we take in? It's And going back to the paradoxical thing, well, yeah, we're a part of it. And like, we need it to a large degree, but you just... I think the movie is saying you can't let it rule your life, and it cannot, yeah. what what uh, you know what society is telling you to buy and purchase, that is not your identity. That is not your true self. And I think that's it ties into the whole theme of this movie. That's what the narrator is trying to do. He's trying to find a sense of self not tied to all these things.
0: It's furniture. Like material possessions. Right, exactly, yeah.
3: Yeah. It's like, yeah, we need material possessions, but you just can't be owned by those You things. can't make them your god. Exactly. That's like, yeah, you know, perfect. Like what uh, yeah.
1: Tyler says later. The things you own end up owning you. Yeah. That yeah. That yeah. That. yeah. Absolutely. That that a point. Another yeah.
2: Th- another theme that you know, kind of picking off about that is the whole idea of you know, because we're on that masculinity and stuff is yeah. kind of the, the the other the flip of the coin of showing emotion. You know, we saw that in the first you know first hour of the movie of he's struggling to show emotion. The only he way th- he can sleep is. When and, and then when he, he shows emotion, yeah. he can sleep. And and you know, we're we're still again '90s today, '80s every generation. Where men, especially, we we are always told, don't show emotion. Yeah. Don't you know? No one cares about your feelings. Yeah. You know, fact over feeling, right? But it's emotion, especially for men, is huge. Yeah. Right. Showing emotion. Um. You know. Um. I don't know if you guys are huge sports fans, but Jimmy V, um, when he gave that cancer speech, everyone should laugh, cry, and think every day. That's cool. And that's like, yeah, that makes you a human. Yeah. And it's like you know we see that in the movie of he has to show emotion in order to feel normal. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, how can we get emotion, more
3: emotion out of men? I love it. I lo- that's an excellent point. And that's why, I, that's why I love the character of Bob so much. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah, he's, he's, I, I think he's him. the true hero of the movie. I really do. Yeah, like, yeah. I really do in a way, the, you know? Uh,
0: oh, like the Christ-like figure almost. The yeah. Self-sacrificial. Yeah. Yep. Um, moving away from the deeper themes. Uh, so, Question. Is this the best plot twist of all time? If not, or if not definitely, what compares to the plot twist in Fight Club? Mr. Kendrick, or Hayden, hey, hey you it can it start. So,
1: so I said it's up there if, if it's not the best, but yeah. like it's hard to ha- have it be the best when you have other movies like Seven, like the Empire Strikes Back, like yeah. the mm-hmm. reveal That's of Darth funny. Vader, and then finally Get Out, just that horror movie itself, oh, yes. the final reveal at the end, that, that messes yep. with you. Haven't seen it. Oh, man. Write that on it. the list, Why Getting put on the list. Was <laughs> that like 130
0: now? Yeah, on the list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the list is quite long. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Hayden. So, if someone's making a top, top, uh, top, <laughs> top plot twist of all time, and I see Fight Club at number one, I'm not going to be upset. <laughs> I don't know if I can back it. Like, I don't know if I can make a list of plot twists because every plot twist is unique in their own way. Obviously. Empire Strikes Back is one of the most important mm-hmm. and I think is it isn't it like one of the first like
2: major like plot twists of all time. It's one of the ones where people walked out of the theater and yeah. people would legit start fights or spoiling the movie type yeah, of thing. Yeah, like that's like the you, most
0: iconic plot where if to you says, said yeah. If
2: you said the spoiler, people would throw punches type of yeah. thing. It's one of if, the, it's like that's how important that have, plot to Have was. you
3: seen the Simpsons episode when Homer's walking out of Empire <laughs> Strikes <laughs> Back was, and there's a line of people? Who would've thought that Vader
2: was his father? Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a whole no, line of people. <laughs> right. right.
2: The
3: yeah, and uh, That's hilarious.
0: Uh, <laughs> other movies I have, I had seven with Hayden. Um I had Sixth Sense, obviously iconic. I also had Shutter Island, uh, mm. great Scorsese movie and The Prestige, which hot take, honestly, The Prestige might be my favorite plot twist of all time. Incredible
3: movie. Great. And that's a little preview one of one of, of, yeah. of coming attractions too because yeah. our one of our podcasts in January will be talking about The Prestige. JJ Bosom. Oh, yep. And uh and <laughs> Mrs. Sure. Williams Mitchell as well. Yeah. Um
2: okay. So, what are your guys' thoughts on this? So I, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you if you see it number one like obviously like it's one of the best ones of all time yeah. but personally um I actually have it at my third where I have okay. number one being a huge Star Wars fan Empire yeah, Strikes yeah. Back it's I'm it's that. and then I actually have um the OG Planet of the Apes is, is mm. second. oh yeah that's that's one a, of my uh, favorites. that's too. a great oh my gosh. Gosh. that's a great that is great mm-hmm. yeah but yep. so but you know Kubrick. Yeah, so throwing in, throwing yeah, out, yeah. knowing the ending before seeing the movie, even before I even saw the movie, I'm like, I'm still throwing Fight Club in top three, just because it's yeah, like everyone oh t- everyone, knows it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. if you've heard of Fight Club, you've yeah. probably looked it up. Um, and, of course, Seven's up there as well.
1: I think the thing about plot twists, it's like you can't really just have a set list. It honestly just depends on how you're feeling at the time that yeah, determines sure. how you write. And all, yeah.
0: the, all, like, there's just those three you named are like so different. Like Mm -hmm. none of them are like a plot twist in the same sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to judge plot twists against each other. Yeah. Mr.
3: Dickman, do you have any thoughts? Actually, you guys can skip over me for this one. Um, I didn't, I was, I was so busy thinking about all the (laughs) deeper themes that (laughs) I, I I truly didn't come up with a good answer for this one. Sorry. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think we've been hitting on this next question a lot, just kind of little hits on it. Uh, is there aspects of the Tyler Durden mantra that you agree with personally? Because uh, there's a lot not to like about Tyler Durden, but is there anything good that you can pick up from him, Mister Dickman? You can start since you didn't get for the last one.
3: Yeah, I uh, his line where he says you are not your job. Although that one I'm going to disagree because I love my job and I think it really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Spencer, and I, Spencer yeah. and I both agree. Like as mm-hmm. a teacher and a coach that's, ex- that's, I want my identity to be wrapped up with my job, yeah. you yeah, know? I agree. But, um, but obviously, you know, he's, he's more so talking about the mundane job that, that Edward Norton has. Um, but the, the rest of that quote, I really like, you're not how much money you have in the bank. Cause if that were the case, I'd be nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, the, you're not the car you drive. My Honda Civic with a dent in the side. Um, you're not the contents of your wallet. You're not your effing khakis. Um, and I didn't realize there's this punk rock band that I have been listening to for years called Five Iron Frenzy. They have uh, a title of one of their songs on their one of their albums is called "Jack Smirking Revenge." Uh, and I had no idea it was about Fight Club. And one of the first li- or one of the lines in the song, they said, "You are not the contents of your wallet." I'm like, "That's cool." Yes, and I didn't realize, it, sweet. yeah, and I didn't realize it came from Fight Club, which that's ties awesome. into the whole punk rock yeah. ethos of the movie. So, um, but yeah, I like that. I just like that idea that we are more than. um, our superficial identifications yeah. with things we need things but not you know uh, we <laughs> we don't need everything they don't, for define, us. They don't define us yeah. exactly exactly uh,
0: yeah i i feel like tyler durden has this like pocket pocketbook wisdom that he just kind of like well pulls out like Almost, yeah, just like little like. Almost like a
3: little Zen master, kind yeah. like a Zen <laughs> yeah. Buddha. Yeah, he'll pull out some like it will yeah. be saying some
0: completely. stupid. kind like yeah. and then like, it. will have a point behind. Yeah, and then it'll be yeah. like yeah. some random like great quote. It, that's I like, agree. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I agree. I, I, yeah, I love
3: like it's horrible. Like the scene where he pulls the gun on the on the store clerk, it's terrible. Like that's that's so wrong. But, but I love the line yeah, when he says, yeah. "You know, I forget the characters. Name, but he says so and so is going to have." Uh, the best tasting breakfast yeah. tomorrow. Like yeah. he's gonna look at life in a different way, like, Comple- like gratefulness. Like yeah, he's gonna he doesn't
0: go about it the right way, he but do- that's he exactly did inspired right gratefulness yeah. in the guy.
3: Yeah. Well said. He didn't do it the right way, but it's yeah, that guy's gonna live life with much greater appreciation. Hayden, you want to hop in? here?
1: Yeah. So just going off what Mister Digman just said, I that was one of my things that I agree with, like the idea of carpe diem, season the yeah. day, making right. the most yeah. out of the time you have for sure. Like making him go back and try to be a vent veterinarian i feel like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's oh, yeah. like one of the big parts yeah he's like i'm gonna check in on you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's if you're right. not pursuing it uh, there's gonna be problems. right <laughs> exactly that's right which so is, is funny just, to yeah. think like he'll
0: never get checked checked up on because by that time like tyler durden doesn't like exist it's anymore true. but yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right so it's funny to think about right. all that
1: well <laughs> another thing about that scene mm-hmm. uh the guy only answers when the narrator says answer him like Oh, that's oh. Oh. Yeah. So that's that's, that's, that's kind of like a big thing about how Tyler's not really, n- he's never spoken to unless Edward or the narrator's in the scene as well. Like, that's a big thing. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, See,
3: that's, that, that's why I need to rewatch it, because yeah. you can pick up on all those rewarding little things.
1: Mr. Kandra, any thoughts?
2: Oh, man, where to start? Where to start? <laughs> um, actually, every single quote I, I, I don't want to say enjoy, but like in this movie is all Tyler quotes. Um, like I said, where to begin? Stop trying to control everything and just let go. Let go. As men, we're always told to, you got to be in control of your situation. You're in the control of your own destiny. But in reality, it's like, Sometimes yeah, you gotta like go. Sometimes you gotta like. go. Yeah, and he's that's gotta, a he's great li- quote. You guys gotta live your life. You know. Another one is: This is your life, and it's any woman at a time. Like TikTok, TikTok. You know, you got life to live, man. TikTok,
0: yeah. yeah. Just the pocket pocketbook wisdom. Yeah.
2: Yes. And you know, I actually took this uh, took this a different way, but um, a lot of people think this quote is dark. You are the same decaying organic matter as everyone else. Oh, I saw that. So, when he's so at basically, you. basically, he's just kind of saying, you know, you aren't special, which. We do live in a society where everyone thinks they're the person. They're the superstar. They're, the, they're the going to the NFL. They're going to the yeah. NBA. They're going to the league. But it's really, you're just another person. Um, and like I said, the last one I'm going to do is if, if it's only can, after. Oh, oh, go ahead.
4: Go, no, no, And
3: I was saying like, it's not saying like you can't do great things. It's just saying. Yeah, uh, right. It, it doesn't. you Yeah. Have, like yeah. when it comes down to it. Yeah. You are not. You are no more special than. Person next to you exactly it's equality, like Michael said.
2: And then, lastly, it's 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 only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. That's the adorable. fact that oh, yeah. the, the the and every great hero. I'm not going to say just superhero, but every great hero <laughs> in any story ever has the biggest downfall. It might be, um, you know, your parents getting shot in an alleyway. It might be, you know, um, this is a weird reference, but I just saw Kung Fu Panda again. Great you movie! Know, I love this. You movie. you were just <laughs> randomly showed up at a you randomly showed up at a goose's yes. house, you know. And, <laughs> and it's like, you know, and then finding out, oh, you're adopted. You're not actually coming from a goose. And it's like, you know, you you lose everything. But the the, the most success you have comes from the greatest downfall. And I always tell I, love I always tell my athletes when they get hurt. You know, when you get hurt, you know, they're, you know, you're sad, you're upset, you can't play, but it's like the greatest comeback story comes after an injury, you know? Yep. That's great. Nick Chubb, agree. Nick
0: Chubb next year. Um, <laughs> so,
2: uh, our
0: final serious discussion point. Yep. Uh, again, we've hit on a lot of this stuff. Um, uh, although Fight Club is intentionally atheistic, uh, is an intentionally atheistic movie, uh, do you think it also points towards monotheism in a different way, and if you interpret it differently, uh, Mister Dickman, you can start.
3: Yeah, I think I, you know, I, I think, um, um, you know, yeah. On one level, some people are, are whoever kind of takes more of an atheistic perspective on this movie. Um, you know, that's I think that's one possible interpretation, but I don't think that necessarily excludes a theological interpretation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I think I think this movie, in a way, <laughs> can um uh, you know have some implications at at theology and god because yeah. i think going back to that scene when he's burning his hand and, he, and he's he's i think he's atheistic in the sense that he rejects the ima- the traditional image of god the father because he he was not raised with a good father with you know a great yeah, example in, in a sense
0: it's it's saying that there needs to be good fathers because fathers are a representation of God in, like, someone's life. And it's, yeah. it's stressing the importance of a father. So. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. And it's, I think, so what what the narrator has failed to do is, you know, he's failed to um see the, like, he could see God as, you know, the good example of a father that all the things that, you know, embodying all the things that his father was not. Or, Explore some other conceptions of God. You know what I mean? Yep, I, I think, yep, yep. and I think that's why he's struggling so much because he doesn't have like a moral system. Um, he's he's struggling to find it, and even even at the very least, you know, even if he had like a, a non-religious uh, ethical or moral <laughs> like belief system, I think he, he would he would benefit from that. But um, he's like he's searching, and I think he's he's atheistic, and he he doesn't believe in a certain concept of God. But I think that doesn't necessarily exclude uh, other concepts. Yeah, like I have written down, I just had
0: everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Like, you just, you can't judge everything in this movie super objectively. Yeah. You have to kind of, like, fiddle around with a lot of the concepts and just kind of make it, use, whether it be make a message, use it as an antithesis, or take the positive aspects of the movie, like Bob, and use those. So, I mean, and on a super in a superficial sense it's a depressing dark druggy movie yeah. but i mean i
3: see it as a lot more than that i so do too yeah. okay. i do too and i think i think you know it, this whole the whole movie is a crisis of it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual it's like spiritual warfare yeah, basically sure. in the movie and i think he is searching for that something greater that sense of something greater um
1: I definitely agree with that. That's yeah. the whole point for it. He's striving, for, yeah. the looking for the better way, yeah. looking for the better thing. Yeah, yep.
0: Mr. Ken, do you want to hop on this? No, actually, no. You yeah. guys took the words yep. out of my mouth. So. <laughs> I, thi- I think, yeah, as a as far as serious discussion goes, I think uh, we hit everywhere I wanted to, and yeah. I, thi- I think that was and really you good. You
3: know, I think it, some might say, oh, we're projecting too much on the movie, but I think that's what's cool about movies. We've talked about this, right? Yeah. Movies are art, so – I, I wrote this down, too. Like, I think all movies, to a certain degree, are Rorschach tests, like those inkblot tests. Yeah. And, you know, you can kind of, you take what you want to take, and you kind of maybe project, you know, what you want to project onto it. But I and I think this one, maybe more than other movies, is even more of a Rorschach mm-hmm. test. <laughs> even yeah. more. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Uh,
0: so, after all that, hopping into the fun segment, we're going to start it off with how we started the last two episodes off, with a recast. So... Mr. Kanger, I know you're a fan of these. Oh, man. Give us a recast. I know. My list is long, <laughs> long
2: you again. You me you had some good ones. I <laughs> do. I do think I have some good ones. So I'm going to start with Marlo first. Um, she did, by the way, fantastic job. Um, but the two I think of who would be really, really good would be Kira Knightley, who, if you guys don't know, she plays Elizabeth Swan in the Pirates movie. As for people oh michael do we gotta add pirates to the list i'm, si- I'm silently <laughs> shaking my head oh man uh, my, I, yeah, I, 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 my wife will be listening and she will be cursing under her breath because she always goes you know that michael kid i agree with him now she's gonna be like i hate michael
0: um, <laughs> i'm Kiara, sorry
2: mrs Kendra. <laughs> so so Kira knightley is definitely uh, up there i also said emma stone would be very interesting oh my gosh oh. i like that one emma oh, stone she's Stone would, like very, I she would awesome. be very interesting do you yeah.
0: want to I have a, I have an idea how we can do this. Do you want to go and we all share ideas for Marla, and then we yeah, all share yeah, our ideas. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah, 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 yeah. So, Mr. Dickon, so here we go. So
3: once again, I did not give this <laughs> this question much thought because I was I was so focused on the other um, the other themes. Uh, yeah. So gut sorry. but so I will listen. I'll yep, be a um, happy listener.
0: I had for my Marla. I had uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, I just feel like she always like the movie she's in. She's always kind of like the like the harsh girlfriend, like. Slapper boyfriend in the face type, <laughs> like, kind of unforgiving female character. So I, I like Jennifer Lawrence in that role.
2: I like that too. I
1: don't know if you guys have ever seen Midsummer or Miss Marla. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I chose Florence Pugh from that. Yeah, just for because sure. Of her I like the Yeah, just like the problems she goes through in there, and like oh her gosh. acting in that. Talk it, about a crazy. It fits movie. the role of Marla perfectly. Yeah. Yep.
2: Um. So Tyler Durden. Ooh. You know I had a giant list, and you know. I wrote down, I, I, I think I had five names. And the more I think about it sitting in this chair, I, I narrow it down to two. And and one of them is Matt Smith. For those who don't know, he played, he was in Doctor Who. He played in the recently, um, the Game of Thrones prequel. He was in, um, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, but he played in the prequels of Harry Potter. He plays. He, pl- he plays, he can play a very good psychopath. But he also has the quite uh, the the traits of of being attractive, so I I do think Matt Smith would be very very good as Tyler. And another one I actually have, you know, actually we were mentioning Get Out is um, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, who is in Get Out. Um, again, he's able. He's I, I think he's an attractive person, but <laughs> he's able. He he was able to kind of show that psychotic side as well. Is he which character? So he's, he's the guy in Get Out where he wears the hat and he has that monotone voice. He's the guy that
4: warns the main yes. character? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
2: Michael Hayden? Um, I, I really liked mine for this
0: one. I had Chris Hemsworth. I, I feel like that. oh he that's was incredible. on my list too. He sounds like the perfect
4: him, like him yeah, or, or right. Liam. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I thought Liam could do. Yeah, I, 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 don't I, know. Wait, which I don't know Liam as well. Chris Chris is Thor. Wait, Thor. Okay, Chris, Chris is Thor. That's, that's that the, was my question. Shredded abs, I like, like that. That.
2: masculine, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my, So I had him on my list too, but it's like, can he do it? Can he be the psychopath? You know, can he? Can he I'm, laugh in someone's face with blood dripping? Oh yeah, the the type the
0: laugh. I love that. that's. I feel like that laugh is just. One Showing. of the, f- the the best like acting instances of um, Brad Pitt. I I don't know I don't know many people that could replicate that actually. Besides the Heath Ledger, my favorite.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Hayden, your thoughts? Right. So I I thought it was, I had to think about this for a bit because I didn't think it was I didn't think it was going to be possible to come with a, come up with a recast. But I ended up going with uh, Ryan Gosling. That's Dude, a good. Very choice. interesting. See, I had, I had good, Ryan yeah.
0: Gosling for the narrator. Very but I interesting. Just because of his role in Blade Runner,
1: twenty forty nine. I kind of yes. saw that almost fit yeah. like the that's a great movie. Thing, by the, way. the aspect of Tyler. So that's what I went. I went,
0: I went for Ryan Gosling as the as the narrator, just because also of his role in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Just the kind of like calm, like emotionless, mm-hmm. like robot almost, like yeah. stuck kind of depressed character that he plays in Blade Runner. I think he'd, while well, I'm not disagreeing with Hayden, I think he'd also work as um, the, narrator. the narrator. So, yeah, that's that's part of the duplicity of Ryan Gosling. Who doesn't like Ryan <laughs> so, so, so while we're right.
2: still on Tyler, I don't know about you guys, but at least when I first saw it, um, Brad Pitt gave off, at least the way he's dressed, gave <laughs> off gave off Robert Downey Jr. vibes. Oh like oh when yes. he dresses I'm like, I'm like, Robert Downey Jr.? And I'm like, no, yeah. he can't. I don't know. I, I thought about, about that, that for Sherlock, a In you know. Sherlock, maybe? Kinda yeah. That's it. yeah. But it's like, I don't think he could be... I I don't, I don't. haven't seen enough of his work outside of the the Iron Man yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff yeah. like that to really say, hey, can you do it type of thing.
3: How about that robe Tyler wears? That's pretty awesome. With the coffee yeah. cups uh, and uh, yeah. coffee cups. I love it.
2: So thoughts on uh, the narrator? I, I already said mine, so... Mr. Kanger, do you have any? So, again, I got two um, because I couldn't. Actually, I have three, but I'm going right down to two right now. Um, one of them, and I liked his work a lot in Swiss Army Knife, was Daniel Radcliffe. Not Daniel uh, Radcliffe. Uh, he uh, plays uh, Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Dan- yeah, Daniel. I always get him and Craig. Um, yeah, Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, I always get him Daniel Craig makes <laughs> stuff <for some laughs> oh, uh, I
4: but Daniel I don't know Radcliffe. about Daniel
2: Radcliffe in any other
0: role, but I feel like he, yeah, he got China so do see, typecasted. Do you see that he's, him as like Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah, well, that's all I can see, man. <laughs> well, uh, watch. So,
2: add to your movie Swiss Army Knife. He play. He is excellent. I loved him in Swiss Army Knife, um, and um, I think he could be good at the monotone to what's going on to the monotone, the psychopath type of type of thing. And another one, also on Get Out, and I will pronounce his name very wrong. Is Daniel Daniel Kaluwa? Kalu- the Kalu- main character. Yes, right? the main yeah. character. And yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, if I mispronounce his name, but and you know. I think if you're a star of a victim in any horror movie, you could play that role very well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for the narrator, I went with uh, Robert Pattinson based off his Batman oh. role. Just looking at the Bruce Wayne yeah. aspect. Of yeah. Kind of with like that darker he, Bruce Wayne. Oh, my He could play that deeply tormented yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. I did even
2: think about that because a lot of his other roles are also I – mean, Twilight. Twilight, but all of his yeah. other roles, he's play, He plays in some pretty dark movies. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Even, wow, I, didn't, I've, I completely forgot yeah, about that. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I found out it, yeah. yeah, it. Yeah, because it it's, it's like
1: Batman and in the Twilight. So it I was did. like, oh, he could fit that because yeah. he took like a darker aspect of the Bruce Wayne character, right?
2: And I'm not gonna lie, when I saw the the lighting. The movie when we were talking about this. Me and Coach Jacob we were talking about this earlier about the lighting of the movie and the colors and how everything seems so dim for the mm. moon. and it's like twilight. It gave me twilight vibes, you know. Obviously, seeing Twilight first before um, Fight Club, but the, the dimness, the the different weird colors. It's like this is Twilight, but Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. same visual style. Kind of, yeah, similar visual style.
0: All right. Uh, so, do we want to move on to? What, what's it, what portion do you guys want to move on to next? I had a good fight one. If we wanted to do that, okay. I set up a Ooh,
1: <laughs> who who would you? Is it who, would you
2: who would you? set up a fight not be in a fight? Set up, set up. I I
0: if you want to fight someone, uh, you can fight yeah. someone. Yeah, who
3: do you want to take? <laughs> oh, I got. So, I'm imagining if I was in Fight Club. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking on a fi- uh, fictional character. I'm taking on Jack Torrance from The Shining, <laughs> but after he got his ankle uh, busted okay. up, so, no, I, so no I have advantage. an advantage because I'm not a fighter. Yeah,
4: so I need a, every
3: advantage I can
4: get. There's some <laughs> of my
0: favorite scenes, and it's like, who would you fight? He's
1: like Gandhi, and he's like, great answer. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's funny. Yeah, are, uh, Hayden, you want to go? So I, I kind of did not really a fight necessarily, but like a duel, and I. Went with uh, Maximus from Gladiator. I was and gonna do him. William Wallace from Braveheart. Oh! oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> I went. I went with um, Mike Tyson, like prime, prime Wait, Mike you Tyson. Would fight, you would fight? No, Mike? no, 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike I, I would not fight Mike Tyson. to die. Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, and I had a Mongolian
2: warrior in, oh, a,
0: in, a, in a cage fight.
2: <laughs> oh no! I might That's take the Mongolian. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had mine very strange because this is when <laughs> I was a little kid. I always wanted to see this fight, but it would be uh, Godzilla versus uh, Power Rangers. Uh, Don't like ask why. As a little I kid, as a little kid, playing I had with
1: this, the toys, I had all of them. I had all. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. Who would
2: I fight? Ooh, I mean, there's some pretty easy answers um, to give, but I think if I had to square up and fight anyone, I would love the this. Pick Napoleon Bonaparte up and kick him, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: punt him. <Yes. laughs> and his uh, yeah, arrogant, arrogant Napoleon. <laughs> I, I mean, new talk about new movies. I've heard some mixed opinions about the. Oh Napoleon yeah, the Ridley movies. Scott movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so I did have a uh, overall theme. Portion plan, but I think we hit of yeah, on that. We enough. did. We do, you, that. do
3: you guys mind though if I just share? Uh, I have a friend. Yeah, she's yep, a, a yep, fellow yep. coach. Um, I, I so she's a good friend of mine. She coaches cross country with me at Seton. Um, she's a fifty-six-year-old woman, and I wanted to ask her perspective on Fight Club because it seems it's like yeah, such yeah, a yeah, dude-ish yeah, yeah, movie. It's such a dude movie. Yeah, and I wanted to. I wanted to get her perspective, and she sent me she emailed me some thoughts, and we were on the same page with a lot of them. And then she just concluded with a couple sentences. I'm just going to read it. Um, She said, as a woman, this movie made me sad that men couldn't express their pent-up emotions or that some men can't express or feel like they can't express their pent-up emotions. Uh, This is the only way that art could talk about the underlying dynamic role change of males in society in 1999. And some men felt like they have to, and still do even today, they have to make up this macho personality to survive. And I think that's a that's a great that's a great quote. Yeah, I think I, the I, you know the overall theme we've been talking about. It, I think the the fight in Fight Club is is once again an internal one with the narrator, and it's a it's that internal struggle. It's a spiritual struggle struggle yep. too. Find self identity and find your your true self. Yeah, love
0: it. Yep. And then another portion I had planned, which we already kind of hit on, was best quote yeah. I had. You're not your khakis. We have no great war, and I felt like destroying something beautiful. Those are my top three quotes. Do you, do you guys have any quotes we didn't mention already? Uh,
2: one more I like uh, a lot is um, I, I never say I, I say never be complete, stop being perfect. I say let's evolve, let's let the chips fall where they may. Kind of the idea of be who you are, be yeah, yourself.
1: I love it. I, had, I had another one. Uh, the final thing you met me at very you met oh, me at yeah, a very stretch time. iconic. Yeah. that that just. That That's says the it right story there. Of the movie. That is. That you're is absolutely right. That is the and movie.
4: Is a that
3: explains shit. everything that happens. That absolutely is. That's yep. good, Hayden. I love it.
0: And then, all right, we're gonna hop into favorite fan theory. I have. I have a. I want to start off because I don't want anyone to take mine. Uh, I saw something on Screen Rant that said. Uh, the whole movie is a Joker origin story.
1: I saw
4: that. Uh,
0: I love, I love, I love the Joker. My favorite antagonist of all time is the Joker, and it it, it's, it says on this. I don't want to um, plagiarize it, but it says on the Screen Rant website, these two characters are eerily similar. Not only do they thrive at nighttime, but they both love explosives. Explosives and Project Mayhem seems like a typical. Chaotic plan of the Jokers and this Absolutely whole the does. whole like city that I don't, is it stated what city this takes place I in? I don't, think, think, so. It, I don't I think so. I don't think it is. So uh, it does seem like a Gotham. Just the <laughs> hench that and the yeah. whole henchman of yeah, the, the henchman. Project Mayhem just yeah. running around without even like thinking. I sh- it's, it screams Joker origin story to me. And, and <laughs> it's definitely a Joker-esque like the whole plan and Project Mayhem and everything. So I really like that theory.
1: So a f- fan theory I saw, it's like probably the same website as Michael, <laughs> yeah. was, was that Marla was part of his imagination too. Which was like mm. Mr. King? Oh, no, yeah, like, yeah, that's what yeah. I guess I'm, I yeah.
2: guess I'm a good theorist. Yeah, you are, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Like I mentioned
1: earlier, how Tyler doesn't get spoken to unless the narrator's around. Yeah. It's c- the same for Marla too, really. Because oh. there's a lot of times when sh- no one notices her in the, Yeah. like in the, Groups or whatever. Yeah, she's no just one walking around the house her. and like they no one says on anything her. to her. No one says anything until uh, the narrator is with her. So yeah. I took that as yeah, I like it.
3: And I think too, I mean, I I, I think Marla more definitely more than the Tyler persona shows more vulnerability and, and yes. realness. And so him holding her hand at the end is maybe his coming to acceptance of his more this more yeah, vulnerable yeah, side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that he needs to come to grips with and like. Realize that as a part of him. Like this like, real you know what I mean? Like his yeah. um instead of this false bravado, uh personified by Tyler. Like, yeah, like you maybe know what mean?
0: slight femininity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, like uh he's
3: gotta embrace that uh Yeah, exactly. Yep. So you That's have That's a good
1: theory. But you have you have Tyler who's everything he wants to be. But then well, Marla could he be does. the yeah. Yeah. But Marla could be the opposite of that with all the depression, anxiety, all the bad things that He, like, wants to get rid of it. And then the
0: narrator's somewhere in between. Yeah, and the narrator's in the
1: middle, so you have far left, middle, and then far left. Oh, true. So, do you guys have any
2: theories? So, I was deep in the Reddit on this one, so (laughs) I don't know if it's true or not because, you know, it's Reddit. Um, But I read, granted, take this to the grain of salt. Who knows if this is true? Apparently, there are some copies of Fight Club where every time Tyler Durden comes on screen you remember how the movie they <laughs> talked about a cigarette burner the cigarette yeah. burn every yeah. time that yeah. Tyler flashes on screen or comes yeah. on the screen there's it's a cigarette like burn three. and every time he yeah. exits yeah. the screen you see it again like it's a yeah. very very faint boom like really really fast apparently like i said who knows if it's true um, but there are just a few copies out there that have that
1: oh, huh. that would be so i like kind of cool
3: Uh, This is not a fan theory, but I just thought this was kind of funny but disturbing too. Um, So I was listening to another podcast about, about this movie, and they said that in 1999, after this movie came out, People around the country actually started these underground fight clubs. Oh, oh my god! I know people it's do like weird like things my after My gosh! See, it's, like come it's on, but it that's awesome. I know, I know. <laughs> that is awesome. Like, can you imagine you know, these guys with these white collar jobs just beating the snot out of each
1: other? Oh my god! Take like wrong stairs or something, and then you're in the basement in the fight, yeah,
0: fight yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, cabin.
3: like yeah, you like you know you're and around you the water cooler You're
0: at a bar, and it's like the first rule of fight club is right, right, yeah.
3: Like you're at the water cooler the next day at the office, and be like, oh man, Kevin really got me with that right hook. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. I fell down the stairs. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, it's crazy, but yeah. funny too. <laughs> All right.
0: And then, uh, this was Hayden's idea. I want to go into, um, instead of the iconic Where's My Mind by uh, Pixies, what song would you rather have? And I can also play a little snippet so. of your song choice. So, Hayden, you want to go first? Yeah, so
1: I can start it. So, I had two choices. First one was. Uh, Karma Police by Radiohead. Oh, yeah. So I felt that one. Well, you know what's you know good. what's
3: interesting about the Hayden um, in the podcast I was listening to, they said originally they wanted I, I'm pretty sure they wanted Radiohead to do all the music for Fight Club. Oh my and God. they weren't Shit. able they, they weren't heard, able to it would have been perfect just the movie. Yeah. Oh and they weren't gosh. able to they weren't able to for some reason so they got the Dust Brothers, I think is the name of the So, gun. here we go. A little a little Karma
0: Police for you to soothe your ears.
1: Yeah, so if you haven't oh, heard the yeah. song you know, that was funny. I also just saw this in Invincible, the show. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, perfectly for that too. So, what was your other song choice? And the other one was Everlong. Oh yeah. Oh, I, Foo I, Fighters. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That that's a great one. That
3: album came out that same year, I believe, yep. or maybe '97 actually. One it's of just the, the
1: same sort of thing.
3: Favorite Foo Fighters song. Oh, I
1: hate
3: it. oh,
2: such a good song.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I feel like that's any
2: great.
0: song with just a that long '90s alternative, like guitar, guitar solo or build buildup, would be perfect. Love is perfect. Yeah. It gets, I love it's yeah. perfect. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, along the same lines as Hayden, I would have chose any Radiohead song or any '90s rock,
3: yeah, just Nirvana or you know, yeah, Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah. Nirvana, yeah. Nirvana would be great. Yeah. About yeah, that's it. right.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. any other? I think Mr. Kandra has some unique
2: suggestions. Yeah, so, you know, you guys picked it based on the, the music. I did mine based on the, the, words. Um, the words. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah so uh, the song is actually called Beast by uh, Nico Vega, and the song is about, you know, the small man taking over the Corporation of America.
0: definitely definitely goes along
3: with that once again the punk collab yeah and, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. and another one that's actually my own thing.
2: yeah um another one is um actually it's a slower song but it's called fake happy by paramore again that whole idea of mental mental health mental illness. you know he's trying to be happy but isn't i
0: love making Oh yeah, definitely more. Of the, I like. I kind of really like, like the idea the that it would be idea. like yeah, a melancholy yeah. song. Yeah, I feel like that That's would perfect. provide a whole different
2: vibe. Yeah. And the lyrics are just. Yeah, I, I
0: do like. I feel like a melancholy song would definitely, definitely make, d- provide more of the like kind of staring at the screen, questioning like what you just saw. Yeah, so uh, I, I like that I, idea. I
1: almost feel yeah. like if you do like a melancholy s- song like that, you kind of have to include a bit more. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. a little aftermath. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. right. Because normally movies that have that melancholy ending, like they were some like five years later or something yeah. So yeah, yeah, and I, think,
2: I think that would also be a good song for the credits kind of like yeah. oh, hey, that, what that you're thinking yeah. you're thinking what just happened but in the background you're hearing these words subconscious of, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. showing you I'm not happy but I'm showing you that I'm happy but I'm not type yeah. Of yeah, yeah yeah I like it,
0: it. that would be perfect so Mr. Dickman did you have any uh,
2: I didn't. this is another one I did. Yeah. <laughs> <Any> <laughs> sorry I hit on the t- <laughs> like the
1: genres that yeah. would be perfect any off the top of the head what's that any off the top of the head oh not at the moment. Yeah, I, no. I, not at I, the moment. I don't
2: blame you. Yeah. yeah. I also said any Lincoln Park song is always a great ending to any song, any yeah. any movie. You could probably find some Green Day. Songs yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So finally, I want to
0: move into the final closing segment. Um, what would you rate this movie out of ten, Mister Kendrick? You can start.
2: Or on a I'm grading a, scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'm gonna do this as I'm gonna do my <laughs> my classic rate as a casual. Fan and rated as a movie fan. As yeah. a movie fan, this is pure art. This is fantastic. This is this is why movies are made. Type of movie. Um, with that being said, being a movie fan, I this has got to be the, somewhere in the nine point something. Yeah, this wow. is an a A. I I I it was hard for me to pick a number, so I just picked 9.4, 9.5.
0: Wow, wow. And is that your I, I think yeah. so. I
4: think
2: so. A, uh, currently <laughs> on the show, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but. And again, this is as a movie fan, as a casual fan, you know, just saying, hey, if I
0: wanna want to sit down
2: and watch a movie, yeah. you know, and I always think of my wife who's, she's that type of movie watcher of, I just want to sit down and watch a movie. <laughs>
1: like a goody, goody. Definitely not good. your first exactly. choice. <laughs> and this is not a first <laughs> choice. So with that being said, with
2: the themes, the darkness, yeah. the, the. There's so much deep into it. I, yeah. I would actually give it a lot lower rating of like a seven. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. not yeah, a casual. A casual on,
4: yeah. a
3: fu- on like a fun scale.
2: Right. Because I, I, yeah. I always thought Fight Club was a movie where, yeah, dude's fighting. Fight. Like
1: <laughs> actual yeah. Fight Club. Yeah. Fun and games. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, here's another, going, going along with that, there's a, I should have said this when we were doing fan theories, but originally 20th Century Fox wanted to market this as if it was like a Rocky movie, uh-uh. which it's absolutely no. not. And then David Fincher's... Went to the studio and said, "No, this is not a Rocky uh, movie." Not, it's you know, like the opposite. It's yeah, <laughs> right, and it's it's yeah, exactly. Um, um, if you want to watch a movie about fighting, go watch the movie Fighting. Literally, there's a Channing Tatum movie. <laughs> it's called Fighting, and or Bloodsport with Jean Claude Van Damme. Anyway, I'm gonna get uh, B, plus.
4: B plus. B plus. Yep,
0: I like it. Um, obviously, as it goes for uh, my lists of. Best movies all t- all time. It comes in at number f- my my fifth favorite movie of all time, and its rating is on IMDb is a an 8.8, and I think IMDb is probably the best movie rater like you can find, and I have it slightly higher at a 9.0 that a range, and I've I only have five movies that I've ever rated higher than a nine, so Fight Club is wow. definitely one of my favorites of all time.
1: So, for at first, probably through the first watch, it'd probably be closer to an 8.7, 8.5, but the second watch is, it helped me see a lot more, so I brought it up to an A, so like a 9.4, 9.5, 9.3, yeah. somewhere yeah. around there. Just that second watch gives it so much more, I feel
4: yeah, like. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Um. So, that being said, the movie being rated, uh, I want to introduce... Our next episode. A little, 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 little bit lighter, right? After the shining Saving Private Ryan and Fight Club, uh, we're going to just hop into a Christmas special. So uh, not our typical episode style. We're thinking more along the lines of choosing three three Christmas, four Christmas movies.
3: It's kind of an open discussion about. Mm-hmm. Talking
0: about Christmas,
3: happy times. Who, who's going to be with us next, uh, uh, next mi- I
0: think Mr. Bill.
3: Mr. Bill. A uh, Faculty
0: member here at Elder High School. Our first faculty feature. That's right. So
3: Looking get ready to for it.
0: that. Uh, and I guess just cue the outro. Okay. There's
2: rules you can add this in. There's rules to the real discussions. Rule number one:
4: <laughs>
2: listen to real discussions. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> number two: talk about real discussions. Yes. <laughs> we're the we're
0: the, oppo- we're yeah, the opposite. Right. Of, exactly. Of, opposite uh, of Fight Club. Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs>